Princess Rise for their Majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Hi, welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Lisa Ryan. I'm Caitlin Menza. And it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. Please follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. And if you wouldn't mind, we'd love for you to join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. It's a hop in place. Sure is. With some really cool people. Um, You can subscribe to the podcast and leave us the royal rating of a five-star review, which is very nice to do for the holiday season. A wonderful gift. It is the only present we want. Um, Validation. Yes. And the gift I keep on giving. And you can also send us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. This week, we are chatting about a very merry, very Cambridge Christmas. Wow. One more time. <laughs> do it's it again. never happening again. Do I'm not going to be able to do it. And then uh, we have Thanksgiving with the Sussexes. Sort of. of. Teeny, teeny kind update. Of. Kind of. Um, and then Prince Charles is stepping up and other updates. Yeah. There involves a tree and a dog and a bus. No, a bike with a basket. Yes. we. The alliteration is tough. <laughs> I, I'll avoid it in the future. Thank God we speak. Yeah, for um, professional reasons. Yeah, it's great for all of us. So first, um, we have Royal Refreshments. And now it's time for the weekly Royal Cocktail. I'm having jasmine tea. <laughs> I'm drinking some Perrier. Yeah, we're we're off drinking for this week, for this day, because I'm getting like, I'm in round two of a cold. I'm on day nine. Yeah, and I don't want to drink alone. Yeah, it's just like I need all the tea. All the tea. It's just that time of year. Stay healthy, everyone. Wash your hands. Be healthy. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. Um, and so we have a really wonderful listener email <laughs> from Jenna. And our producer isn't married to a Jenna, <laughs> our producer, Matt. And apparently it's not his wife, so. He's going to cut this entire section out. <laughs> Caitlin, would you care to do the honors? Yes. This email is from Jenna. The subject line is, the time I chased Prince Harry's car. Um, amazing. Very eye-catching. That's how it got to us. Yeah. Click. That and the opening. Lady Lisa and Kaiserina Caitlin, it's finished for empress wow i think that trumps um lady you're like i think ranking it does than too kaiserina I mean, caitlin good for you honestly you deserve it you've been working really hard <laughs> you had a I don't, good 2019 i don't know if i'm pronouncing it correctly but i hope i am oh no i'm sorry um, sound f- of my eyes finish is tough oh my god you're ruining this moment for me lisa just spilled ice water all down her sweater um anyway jenna writes three years ago my mom aunt and i traveled to london after i graduated from high school ah yes on our last day there we toured kensington palace after we finished our tour we decided to walk down this breathtaking street that's adjacent to the residential portion of the palace First of all, this sounds this sounds like the street to be on. Yeah, I know. Adjacent to the residential portion of the palace. It's like the Dumbo Water Street of London. <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting. Instagram, I mean. The street is lined with majestic trees and has a lot of embassies. It's also only available to pedestrians unless you happen to be a somebody. So as we're walking, we decided to take a photo, and coincidentally, there's a speed bump in the road where we were standing. As we were taking the photo, three Land Rovers drove slowly down the street towards the palace. Of course, they slowed down for the speed bump, and I silently laughed, hoping it would be a royal. Much to my surprise, the second car had a very famous redheaded driver. My jaw drops, and I just pointed. My mom and aunt stood clueless to what I had seen. After gathering myself, I was finally able to vocalize that Prince Harry had just driven by. We all started chasing the small motorcade down the street as they pulled into the palace. I'm sure we alerted security, but it made for the perfect ending to our trip. I'm sure that happens every time <laughs> a car goes down that lovely street. I'm sure people go chasing. Yeah, I, th- I feel like their job as security guards is to 
you know, determine the threat level of different kinds of people chasing the royals. Like, what is fun chasing and what is bad chasing, basically? But in Jenna's case, it was good chasing and understandable chasing. And also, you know, bad chasing. So... After last week, we discussed Princess Anne and how she is a badass. Yes. And we um, chatted about her uh, kidnapping attempt that was thwarted by her being a badass. And then someone in the Facebook group posted a video that we watched of her talking about it. And she's just like, oh, yes. I came up to me. <laughs> it's so funny. I mean, it's I just funny because she's so nonchalant. Highly recommend finding either the um, like searching for Princess Anne in the Facebook group, or find and to find the video, or searching on YouTube to find the video, um, because it is her and her uh, now ex husband Mark Phillips discussing the attempt, and it's so much funnier in her voice and in her retelling than we could possibly ever capture because she's even cooler a cucumber than you can possibly imagine. She's like, I'm not going to do the accent because it's I impossible. Will butcher it, but she's just like. And then I got back in the car. Yeah. Again, everyone around her is bleeding. Like the kidnapper, the attempted kidnapper shot multiple people around her. And she just was sitting there like, nah, nah, please. Um, Really, please watch it. It's very, very funny. And thank you to, I forgot, I'm so sorry. I forgot the name of the person who put it in the Facebook group. But thank you for bringing it to our attention. Yes, thank you so much. Um, And so this week in royal history. And now, this week in royal history. It's actually pretty sweet. Um, it's Princess Diana's heartfelt letter that she wrote on the 5th of December, 1990, to a mother that she met in the hospital. And uh, we found this courtesy of people. The letter was addressed to Ivy Woodward. Um, she befriended uh, Princess Diana while Diana was visiting Charles in the hospital that year. Um, Charles had been treated for a broken arm, and Ivy Woodward's son was in a coma nearby. Mm-hmm. And so they became friends and um apparently Woodward's son had a or Woodward had a falling out with uh her daughter-in-law after the accident or yeah. who knows. I mean basically there was some drama and so uh Diana wrote her a letter sort of counseling her on the drama and giving her advice. Maybe Dean's lady feels resentment for not being able to cope with that situation back in August and that can produce guilt and in turn confusion arrives and people are hurt. Um, you mustn't worry about it as time will iron things out. Imagine Princess Diana counseling you so kindly in a letter. Mm-hmm. But in the letter, she also noted, because it was December, um, the boys are thrilled at the pro- her sons are thrilled at the prospect of Christmas on the horizon and have searched high and low for any parcels that might be coming their way. This was 1990, so William was eight at the time and Harry was six. Um, it's just so lovely. And it's on her monogrammed stationery, which had a red border, and it showed her cipher, which is kind of the like swirly D underneath a coronet. Mm-hmm. And Kensington Palace was on the bottom. And the reason why we know about this letter so specifically is because it was auctioned um, in, I uh, was it 1990? I actually don't know when this article is dated. But it says it, December. Th- this article um, was a new one, I Recent. Okay. Um, The point is, it was auctioned um, by Lawrence's auctioneers for $3,800. And so that's why we know so much about the text. And she joked at the end, thank you much from the boss's wife, love from Diana, um, (laughs) which is really cute. And so that was, uh, yeah, 29 years ago this week. Crazy. And another thing in our Facebook group, people are always talking about writing to the royals. So I kind of like the idea of the royals writing back. Yeah, I really I'd like to do it. My Every single time someone posts about them doing it and posts the address, I always screenshot it. And I'm like, this is the time I'm going to write a letter to the Cambridges or Sussexes. And I never have. So maybe for the holidays, I will. Yeah. The problem is the effort. The problem is the effort. Mm-hmm. But 
if I could write to them this month, maybe they would send me one of the Christmas cards in response. Also, all the Royals accounts that I follow on Instagram have been speculating about when we'll get the Christmas cards, and it might be as early as next week. Ooh. I know. Oh, my gosh. Memories of my SEO days. I know. Like, just having that Blogging. shell, having that story written, like, pre-written. Mm-hmm. That's how it works, folks. Just so <laughs> you know. Behind the magic. Um, <laughs> So now we have some Cambridge updates. Um, we'll start with Kate doing some secret work at a London maternity unit. Yes, this how was, delightful is this? Yeah, that's really nice. So it was actually revealed um, because in the court circular, uh, which reveals the activities that the royals complete each week, it says uh, just very like kind of casually. Well, I guess not casually because it's formal, but it's actually written so stiffly. It's so stiffly, but I mean, it doesn't say it in like a press release. It's just kind of no. like, oh, this is what happened. It said, the Duchess of Cambridge, joint patron, the Royal Foundation of the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, today completed two days with the <laughs> Kingston Hospital Maternity Unit in London. Not like a flowy, beautiful sentence. No. But so it uh, turns out Kate was, you know, shadowing the staff of the maternity ward to learn more about how hospitals care for children. It's super interesting. I mean, I the maternity ward is most often a very happy place, so I think it would be really cool to watch a baby be born. She's obviously lived through it herself, so she wouldn't be as horrified as say I would be. I know my friend just had a baby. Yes, congratulations to your friend. Yes, congratulations, Rihanna. But I'm like, also, wow. Also, super wow. She told me a lot of stuff. (laughs) That's the thing. I think if I were to witness it, I would be very terrified for the future that I hope to have. But Kate's already been through it. So I think for her, it might be a little more joyful. Um, So really cool that she's doing that. And obviously, we know um, since having children herself, Kate has really turned to so many uh, motherhood and early childhood oriented causes, which is super interesting. So this is just something that she did privately well, semi-privately. And I think it's really lovely. Yeah. I wonder if it will lead to a project that we'll find out about later. And maybe I was just imagining if someone was giving a woman was giving birth and then Kate Middleton happened to walk by maybe in scrubs. I don't know. Can you imagine how you would feel? You'd be like, oh, I must have hallucinated mid-birth. I would be mad because I would feel like this is not when I want you to meet me. This is not when I want to meet Kate Middleton is when I'm sweating like that and that's happening to my body. Yeah. Just horrifying. It's not. Um, and then so in some brighter news, uh, um, we already know that Kate and William are working on a holiday special with Mary Berry, but now some details have emerged yes. about it. And like so, it's called a Berry Royal Christmas. Yeah. So Mary Berry is... Um, kind of like the Martha Stewart of the UK minus like the crime <laughs> minus like some of the other stuff but you know no but you know what I mean I like do she's, know what you she's mean. very much like uh, she's on all the baking shows yeah. and she's, she's so beloved a, and so cheery and she's a cooking legend cooking legend that's a better way of putting it that's how town and country put it so I'm oh. borrowing uh, per usual <laughs> classic us so um the a Mary Berry Ro- I can't get this right. You are, listen, the rhyming is tough. So I'm literally drinking water. So we got more details. A Berry Royal Christmas will air on the BBC on December 16th, which is a Monday. And during the program, um, Barry is going to go to four different um, sort of charitable events with the Cambridges. So some of the ones that they'll be going to, um, they're going to visit, or they have already visited, Brink in Liverpool, uh, which is the UK's first dry bar, and not dry bar like hair, dry bar like no alcohol, um, which was set up by the Charity Act on addiction, which Kate has been the patron of since 2012. Um, they're going to go to the Royal Horticultural Society's Garden at Wisely, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, to take a tour of the new play space. Um, and they're going to the Passage, which is the UK's largest resource center for homeless and 
insecurely housed people, just like tons and tons of events together. Um, again, it's com- it's not completely clear to me um, from what we have so far if they've already taped these events. I, th- I feel like they have. I think they have because it's airing not so, uh, it's airing shortly. Um, so, but I just think it sounds really lovely and they've we've already gotten some like sort of clips or quotes from it. So uh, during their visit to Passage, which is again the homeless charity, um, William spoke a bit about his parents' charitable work and his grandparents. Um, and of his parents, he said, I think I've grown up in a household which is been very much a case of, well, we're very lucky, so you must give back. Um, And of his grandparents, he said, and you know, my grandmother became queen, becoming queen at a very young age in the days when it was a man's world. It was very difficult for her to make a difference, and she's done it in her own unique, distinct way. My grandmother and my grandfather together are the epitome of public service. That's really nice. Yeah, so we're looking forward to that, and um, I'm looking forward to see what they bake together. Sure. Oh, yes. And it's going to culminate in like a party for the staff that they're mm-hmm. going to be cooking for. Because, of course, there has to be a food element if it's a Mary Berry event. Of course. Um, so it's airing on Monday, December 16th at 8.30 p.m. on BBC One in the UK. Uh, I have not seen anywhere whether or not it, someone, I think people have been asking this in the Facebook group. We don't know yet if it will air in the U.S., but I bet it's it will. It's usually on YouTube. Too. It's usually on YouTube, too. We, cops. we are greatly respectful of intellectual property. <laughs> Yes. As content creators, but it usually finds its way to YouTube. And I do think we usually get some BBC, like, carryover, you know? Yeah. I My hopes are high. Yeah, we have hopes. You we can't have high keep, hopes. You can't keep a very, very royal Christmas from me. <laughs> I'm just going to keep calling it whatever I want to call it. The pun is the pun. Merry, Merry Christmas. A Merry, Merry Christmas Cambridge time. special. <laughs> <laughs> so as we record, Prince William's actually in Kuwait and Oman uh, for a four-day visit. Uh, he is going to... He arrives Sunday and he has um, met with leaders in Kuwait. And um, we're reading a Harper's Bazaar article that notes that the Queen's first and only visit to Kuwait occurred in 1979. And she was accompanied by Prince Philip. But then Prince Charles visited in 1989 with Princess Diana. And then um, he's since visited with Camilla. Yes. And um, according to ITV, Kensington Palace has said that Prince William's visit will, of course, um, pay tribute to the historic ties Britain shares with Kuwait and Oman and highlight strong links and cooperation in many areas. You know, very classic, like, this is why we're touring. Yes, exactly. Yeah, things like... um the, the vast Kuwaiti deserts, the stunning wadis, and the Omani mountains. The visit will take in both countries' unique cultures, their beautiful landscapes, and diverse communities. Um, honestly, we haven't seen a ton of coverage of this in the press, and uh, will it I, I want to say analyze why shortly. There's like a lot going on. There's a ton. This is a very busy week. <laughs> There's a lot of very very official political sort of business happening, which yeah. we'll get to in just a moment. Yeah. First, happy things. Yeah. And so, um, of course, in the U.S., it was Thanksgiving last week. And so happy vegan gobble gobble or <laughs> gobble Lisa gobble. Lisa and I are both going through like bobble, bobble. on and off vegan phases, which is why we keep focusing on um, being inclusive for yes. our vegan, especially inclusive yes. for our vegan listeners. But I hope everybody had a nice Thanksgiving if you celebrated in the U.S. Um, meanwhile, we were joking at the top of the episode about how we wanted to give an update on the Sussex Thanksgiving, but like all the coverage of it was very vague. I know that we all have to produce and we're about to do the same thing. But basically, everybody was like, here is what the Sussex Thanksgiving might have looked like. We don't literally know where they were. (laughs) Yeah. And the only actual update we really get is from Omid Scobie in his new podcast. um, 
the AirPod yes. podcast. And Omid, of course, is a really reliable source. So um, he said that he understands that they spent time with close family, which is lovely. And that's like the only update. But yeah. really, like he has the only update that anyone knows. That's pretty much it. So then with family, as we could have guessed, um, and TNC always appreciate town and country. I always appreciate they pulled this out. They went to the TIG. (laughs) And so uh, back in 2016, um, Megan had written about Thanksgiving. Both my parents came from Little, so they made a choice to give a lot, buying turkeys for homeless shelters at Thanksgiving, delivering meals to patients in hospice care, donating any spare change to those asking for it, and performing quiet acts of grace. She had also in the past posted um, on her Instagram account her secret to cooking a great turkey, which was brining. Um, and she, she posted a picture of her turkey and said, oh, that time I roasted a pretty perfect Thanksgiving turkey. Can I do it again? The pressure is on. Um, so I hope Megan got to cook again. Mm-hmm. And uh, all we know. One more thing from the Sussex front. Um, you know, last week we discussed how it was the anniversary of their engagement. And they posted uh, an Instagram also celebrating the anniversary of their engagement. But the really striking thing was, of course, they posted the amazing photo call moment with her in the white coat. But they also gave us a wedding photo that we hadn't seen before. Yes, it was a really lovely outtake. Yes, I love that they can sort of be relied on to give us a little bit of that every time it's a special occasion. They know what we want. They know what we want. I want fresh content. It was a really cute photo of Megan sort of like doubled over giggling with joy on the big day. Um, So I really appreciated that. Okay, now is the part of the episode where we unfortunately discuss Prince Andrew, but we do it as quickly as possible. Yes. So um, his accuser, Virginia Giuffre, um, spoke with BBC's Panorama for her first UK television interview. She detailed a lot of the allegations that she made in court, and it's all very um, difficult. Horrifying. Horrifying. All the allegations are awful. And um, so this all came, you know, amid the you know Andrew's, ongoing horror <laughs> the, yeah it's it's difficult to articulate actually but um you know uh, amid everything that's been happening and him stepping down and everyone uh, a, a lot of negative attention being directed at him correctly right. Right. for uh, <laughs> these allegations yeah. and um what's also interesting in addition to all of the horrifying things that she said um this is also coming at a time when we're seeing all these reports where places are like, Charles is stepping up. Yeah, like the the Times called him New Sh- York Times. Yeah, I, I actually don't know if it is. It is New York Times. No, no, but that's not the one I was going to quote. I was oh, going to mention somebody called him the Shadow King, but I think that was a London newspaper. But the um, the New York Times did a big piece called In Prince Andrew's Scandal, Prince Charles Emerges as Monarch in Waiting. Which he is. So, yeah, I was going to say, I was like, I'm like ready to complain a little bit about this article. I'm sort of confused. Like, so basically it discusses how Charles is, you know, disgusted by this entire situation and how he's really stepping up to try to consolidate power and be like, this is like, we have to move quickly and we have to deal with this problem because, you know, this is spun out of control. And so everybody is sort of covering it in a way that is showing that he's stepping up. But I don't completely understand it because, like I said, the New York Times headline is Prince Charles emerges as monarch in waiting. That's literally what he is. Yeah. And then he um, is a monarch in waiting and he has been since 1948. Like it's not I I just don't completely understand this this phrasing. I mean, I I grasp that he is stepping up. um, But to call him like elsewhere in the article, they call him he's really become a king in waiting. I'm like he's he's been a king in waiting for 71 years. So I just don't understand like to phrase it that way. Yeah, and as you noted, um, the Times of London, I guess, just as the Times, they called him the Shadow King. So 
All, yeah. There's so many stories, like the new narrative that seems to be emerging amid the ongoing horror of the allegations against Andrew is like, look at Charles. Yes. He's ready to be king. And it's kind of, I don't know, this sort of stuff makes me really think, like, where are these stories coming from? Like, is this just, you know, places are just observing him doing some stuff? But like the New York Times has, um, you know, uh, it says that uh, Charles called his mother from New Zealand to press her to strip his brother of public duties. And then it also talks about how he's pushed for a more streamlined royal family with fewer members carrying out official duties and drawing from the purse or generating damaging publicity. So it's like, is this all coming from like Charles's side? Is this coming like, yeah, I how does this generate? It's so I, fascinating. This is this is something that's always fascinated me about coverage yeah, of the we, royals. We're always really, I mean, we love to get in the weeds of just like who is putting this story out there because clearly swift action was taken sort of eventually so not really swift action <laughs> after, was action was taken is after the point. everybody else in the public reached yeah. a fever pitch exactly so like who is the one who made andrew step back i i don't ultimately i don't completely care i guess is what i'm saying but if it was charles great i mean it was the right thing to do i'm just glad he stepped back i'm glad andrew is doing as much of the right thing as he possibly can and again i hope cooperating with law enforcement that's really the point and just to like end my like weird anger that i have about the new york times um i think it's very annoying the art the long article ends on this note (laughs) what buckingham palace really needs to worry more about royal watchers say is prince harry and his wife megan duchess of sussex are you kidding me yeah it's like a three thousand word long article about how prince andrew is a disaster and prince charles has to step up and then it ends on a note the bigger disaster is the sussexes like get out of here like what a perfect way to underline that like the sussexes can never do anything right and they're framed as a bigger problem for prince charles no they're not like come on no anyway yeah (laughs) no we don't we don't appreciate that meanwhile in like the big picture um the things that we were alluding to a minute ago um, on this evening as we sit here, um, there is an, a reception at Buckingham Palace for the, an- the 70th anniversary of the NATO alliance forming. So this is like a big, big global event. Um, you know, President Trump is there with uh, the First Lady and Macron is there. And of course, just like obviously all the all the NATO world leaders are present at Buckingham Palace. Um, there was a tea earlier um, that Trump and Melania had with Charles and Camilla. Um, they're, of course, now present at the evening event. We saw Kate Middleton arriving for the evening reception as well. Unfortunately, she has to go it alone because uh William, of course, is overseas for his royal tour, and the Sussexes are taking their break. Um, so, poor Kate out there in a green dress by herself. It's like <laughs> I feel like this is the kind of event with all these global leaders where you could really—it'd be nice to have a your, plus one, a plus one <laughs> for sure. But of course, she's she's doing a great job, I'm sure. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a, a mega event happening right now. Um, the New York Times article, the one that I was just railing against, in the, the lead of the piece, notes that. It's something this NATO reception really calls attention to how old the queen is because NATO was formed three years after she was she took power. So she, you know, was alive before there was NATO, obviously. There's also been a lot of articles um, questioning whether or not she's going to step down at 95. And I'm like, is do you think she's really picking like a number like that's the year like 95 is when I relax that speculation has been happening for like 25 years I know I don't buy it I just don't 
I'm not like, and weirdly, people ask me about that, like non-royal people, like at Thanksgiving or family <laughs> members or stuff, which I appreciate. Thank you for you know being interested in my hobbies. <laughs> but I don't know when the queen's going to retire. I don't know if the queen's going to retire. She didn't tell me. Yeah, she won't respond to my texts. It's so crazy how <laughs> our sources don't exist. <laughs> I don't have them. I wish I did. Um, anyway, so that's uh, that's our political sort of analysis <laughs> for yes. today. Um, and then uh, let's pick things up with um, Christmas decorations <laughs> <laughs> on the much happier end. A uh, very different note. Yeah, Windsor Castle is decorated for the holidays. Yes, and uh, of course Windsor Castle is so beautiful. And I feel very proud when I watch The Crown and I know when something's being filmed in fake Windsor. Yes. I'm like, oh, that's definitely Windsor. I'll, I say to my boyfriend and he's like, okay. <laughs> you know, by the way, with my crown viewing, um, I watched the Lord Mountbatten episode, The Coup, and I, of course, was Googling his beyond fascinating life story. He was born in Frogmore House, not Frogmore Cottage. Uh, Isn't that wild? Because, of course, he has royal ties. Related. It's so complicated. That family tree is so complicated. Um, but he was born in Frogmore House mm-hmm. on the Windsor Castle grounds. So that's fascinating. Um, I think that's it. Look at the look, just look at the pictures. Look at the pictures. The trees are stunning. They're in the Grand Hall, which is, of course, where we saw Archie for the first time, where he walked out, uh, where Meghan and Harry walked out, was in the Grand Hall of Windsor Castle. And they're decorated in Nordman fir Christmas trees. Which are apparently grown on the property themselves. So the queen can just be like, that tree, that tree, that tree. I want them all, <laughs> um, which is delightful. And what a happy note to end on. Yes. So before we adjourn the royal pod, we have some highs and lows, and we're going to start with lows so we can end on a high just like we did with the Christmas decorations. It's time for the royal highs and lows. Caitlin, my dear, will you please tell me your low? Uh, Prince Andrew. Is that repetitive? Okay, my my low is this New York Times article that doesn't make any sense to me, and I don't know why. It's written by an incredibly respectful, respectable journalist. I don't I don't know why I'm so mad about it. Monarch in waiting makes no sense. It makes no sense from like a syntax perspective. He doesn't become a monarch in waiting. He became a monarch in waiting the day he was born. That is Caitlin Menza, everyone. <laughs> and then it doesn't make any sense. My low, I'll just I'll take your Andrew stuff. That's Thanks. just you know. Yowza. 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 Um, But we have happy highs. Oh, we have some very happy highs. So everybody knows we're obsessed with James Middleton because not only does he speak out about mental health, which is our other hobby other than the Royals. We love (laughs) mental health. We love going to therapy. We love checking in with each other about mental health. We love chatting about it, talking about it. Mm -hmm. You know. Okay. But he also loves dogs and he has a bike with a giant wagon. And of course that bike was stolen, but then it was found. It was. And I think it was kind of... Yeah, a little damaged. He had to like redo it. So I don't know if he got a new bike, whatever. Anyway, um, I first saw this by my Instagram Discover tab. Yes, but thank then, you, Instagram Discover. But then I saw it on People as well. And this is a wonderful headline. Um, James Middleton and his fiance, Elise Tevenet, go Christmas tree shopping with his famous dog bike. But sadly, there were no dogs because you know what? The freaking tree was in the wagon. Yeah, so he put the tree in the wagon. His do- he they went out with one dog, and the dog like ran alongside the bike as they went out to go tree shopping. Just these two are the cutest. I'm so happy that they're celebrating the holiday. They're so cute, and I I love whenever he posts pictures 
and she's in it and there's a dog in it. I, I, we just, Halen and I seriously just DM back and forth pictures of like <laughs> him Middleton. posting his dog stuff. Well, that's my high is um, just today he posted an Insta story or rather um, he shared the Insta story of Spencer Matthews, um, who is Pippa Middleton's brother-in-law, but more importantly to me was the star of Made in Chelsea, the reality TV show that I highly recommend you watching on Hulu. So he, um, <laughs> James gave Spencer a ride in the famous bike. And so of course, Thankfully, uh, Spencer did like a selfie video from the bike, which I highly appreciate. Oh my gosh. My other high, also from James Middleton, is he posted a really cute. <laughs> he posted one of his dogs in a tree. Why is the dog in a tree? I don't know. I don't care. Nature. That's what happens in nature. He wrote Happy Friday, um, hashtag barked, hashtag dogs in trees, hashtag it's the weekend. He is the most delightful human being. I know. He makes everything better. I mean, like you go from having a marshmallow company to just being this like dog icon. Dog whisperer. Dog whisperer, mental health he's, advocate. He's such a just delightful dude. Thank you for existing. Um, everyone you. watch Made in Chelsea. It's really good. I've not seen it. Oh, my God. What a great winter break activity. Is this going to be like my Vanderpump? Because remember this time last year, it's I had not e- seen Vanderpump. It's extremely similar to Vanderpump rules. You do I have to put it. on captions because their accents are so intense. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, okay. There we are. So, um... You guys can follow the show on Instagram at Rarely Obsessed Podcast. Join our Facebook group, Rarely Obsessed. Um, you guys can drop us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com to ask us any and all questions. Tell us about your royal sightings. Tell us about your royal dreams. Tell us which of the James Middleton dogs is your favorite. He can't choose a favorite, but you can. You're allowed. <laughs> You're permitted. My favorite is uh, Lupo's mom. Yeah. And Lupo. Where's Lupo? Where is hashtag justice for Lupo? Where is Lupo? <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> um, so please remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, which of course really helps us out. It's not just a vanity thing. It helps us keep the podcast going and getting true. new people. Um, and so in that same vein, Caitlin, can you please read this review? Yeah, it's from Ken's Bosch. Um, royal news you actually want to listen to is the title. Positive, upbeat, updates on the royal family. I couldn't love this podcast more. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10 for you, Ken's Bosch. I really like it. Thank you, Ken's Bosch. It's better than the Instagram comment we got from someone calling us Tosh and then saying we had to look it up. And I did look it up and it meant rubbish. Oh, well, I learned a new word, so... Thank you. Joke's on you. (laughs) (laughs) My new favorite word, Tosh. When I first Googled Tosh, it just had a picture of Daniel Tosh. He's the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Compare me to him, then I'll really be upset. Um, You guys can follow the show on Instagram at Rarely Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Rarely Obsessed. Caitlin, where can we follow you? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at HeyKMenz, H-E-Y-K-M-E-N-Z, and read my rating at CaitlinMenza.com. You can follow me at Lisa Raya on Twitter and Instagram and read my writing at lisaraya.com. And until next week, God save the pod. (laughs) Do we have the rights to this? Does James Middleton have the rights to it? I don't know. (laughs) Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.